Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Jane Osler, Global Head of Media, Insights Division of Kantar. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research at the Said Business School. Our guest today is Mark Reed, who is CEO of WPP. We're going to be talking about what's been going on this year, and we're also going to be looking ahead as Kantar publishes our Media Trends and Predictions 2021. So welcome, Mark, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a bit about this year then. So let's go back to the start of 2020. What happened for you and your teams at WPP in the earlier part of the year? Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? I think for all of us, we shouldn't forget that this pandemic has affected, you know, many people and many people have sadly lost their lost their life. I think if, if I reflect back, you know, January, February, actually, we were starting to see you know, the results of the plan for WPP that we'd outlined in December 2018. We saw growth outside of greater China, a better performance in the US. We were a little bit prepared because, you know, we have a big business in China, about 10,000 people in China. And then also a really good business in Italy, where we started to see the impact of the lockdowns in Italy. So I wouldn't say that we were surprised. Obviously, March came and March 16th, we asked 100,000 people to work from home over a weekend. And I don't think it's anything any of us would expect to do in a business, nor, nor do I think anyone could have predicted, you know, really quite how well our people dealt with the situation and the way we innovated and the way we carried on, you know, working for our clients. 
you know, that sort of first few weeks, the sort of period, I'd say, of crisis management, you know, clients reallocating media, cutting spend, working out where they're going to invest. There's no doubt that our industry, you know, like many others, is not immune from the impact of the virus. But I think by the middle of the year, we'd got through that initial react phase and we saw the more far-sighted clients think about what I would call recover and renew. You know, we've used the sort of framework of react, recover and renew. And from July, August, September, we saw a relative recovery, you know, still spend down year on year, but more clients coming into the market, particularly those whose businesses weren't weren't interrupted. And we're seeing that continue. I think sitting where we are now, sort of nearly the middle of November, it's clear that the second quarter, I think, will be the toughest period of the year. But we're clearly still cautious about the end of the year. So that's sort of the, the phrasing of the year. If I think about it sort of more fundamentally, I think for our clients that there's a few things that we learned. You know, many of our clients are much more resilient than we would expect. You know, we have just over half our clients in consumer packaged goods, pharma, technology, and they actually grew their spend in the third quarter. I'd say larger companies have had a much easier time than smaller companies. I really do feel sorry for for small businesses, but our, seven of our top 10 clients also grew their spend in the third quarter. So I think that you know, you know there is a role clearly for marketing and, and bigger companies have had it. And what I say to clients is, you know, given the innovation in the market, this is a really important time in which to be in market and understand in real time how consumer behavior is changing. Perhaps we can look at it. And then I think the last thing we should touch on is, is our people. You know, I think that it has been a very difficult year for everybody, really. You know, working from home may have its sort of superficial attractions, and I'm sure that we will be doing more of it longer term. But I don't think it's easy for families with young kids, single parents, people living on their own. It, fr- frankly, it's not really easy for anyone to have this level of disruption in their life. And, you know, we tried really hard at WPP to bring people together to over communicate. We launched an internal channel, WPP TV, that went out for an hour a day at lunchtime, four times a week. And recently, we've been doing a lot more work in the mental health area, providing mental health allies to our people and really just encouraging people to speak up and ask for help. Because I think if we can look after each other, I think it's something we've learned through this time, we'll come out of it in a much better place. So, Mark, you talked about innovation if we can come back to that yeah and so i think a lot of that innovation probably that you've seen as as well as all of us have seen in the market has had some digital flavor to that so this sort of digital acceleration we've seen can we talk a little bit about that so so what does that really mean for wpp and and your clients well i think that COVID has clearly accelerated a lot of trends in the market and Given the need for physical separation, it's made the world more digital. You know, my daughter now has music lessons by Zoom, not something we'd have thought about doing six months ago. So I think everything that can move online at one level has moved online. So that's impacted media consumption. It's impacted e-commerce. It's impacted education. It's impacted how we see our doctor, you know, with for the first time the medical consultations online being seen as much more acceptable. It's impacted the event business and the conference business. So I think that, you know, really embracing that digital opportunity is critical for clients. You know, like to say, we've seen a decade's innovation in six months, but I think that is the case. You know, in the UK, I think 40% of non-grocery retail sales are now online. I think we were sort of 20 pre-pandemic, expected to get to 30. We've hit 40, five years earlier than perhaps we would have done otherwise. And, you know, that's not going to go back the other way, I don't think. 
Okay, let's move on to talking about trends and, and predictions that we've identified, and I, I know you have as well. We know that more consumers are willing to shop online, and e-commerce has accelerated in lots of different markets around the world. But what impact will these changes have on your clients, do you think? I mean, will more of them be selling direct to consumers? Will more of them be focusing on sales rather than their brand impact? How do you think this is going to change your client's view of the world? I think it changes it fundamentally. I mean, every conversation I have with a client today starts and ends with e-commerce. And you know, those companies that set the most ambitious targets and those companies that have invested the most have no doubt come through this very successfully. I think if you take an example, you know, L'Oreal, they expected to get to 20% of sales in e-commerce. And at the time, there was some skepticism about how long they would do that. They've blown through those numbers in the last six months. So it's a fundamental change in the way in which companies and consumers interact. And it goes a long, long way beyond just making my products available in the channels that consumers want them. And there's a really interesting earnings release from Nike, where John Donoghue, who just came there from eBay, said that e-commerce doesn't just increase their sales, it improves the efficiency of their supply chain. It lets them measure the return on investment of their marketing spend. It gives them insight into a consumer behavior and the types of products that consumers want. It allows them to plan their inventory much more accurately and reduce the cost of products. So basically, it drives the revenue up and the cost down, improves the margin of their business. Now, who would not want that in their company? So I think it's going to lead to a fundamental shift in what companies do and how they behave. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And I'd like to say every company today is an e-commerce company. If you're an airline, you're effectively an e-commerce engine with planes behind it. If you're a bank, you're an e-commerce engine with financial capability behind it. And I think that all companies need to to think about that. Now, when it comes to the second part of your question about sales versus brand building, both are clearly still important. And I think as the channels merge, actually, we're going to have to think about the collision of content and communications and commerce in a much more integrated way. And that's a really interesting conversation that we're starting to have with clients. So picking up on the point about brand building, because another trend we see for 2021 is this sense of going from activism to action. And I guess pre-COVID, there was a lot of real talk and action, quite frankly, around responsibility, sustainability, and, and that momentum, I think, keeps going. Indeed, you know, research that we've done at Oxford with Brand Z has looked at actually the underpinning value of responsibility within the overall brand value. And that's just been rising year on year. And I don't think that trend is going to stop. So How's that going to look in 2021 with respect to brands and organizations responding to what their communities, their customers, their their colleagues, their employees are, are demanding of them 
beyond a core business. Yeah, I think you said it, you know, from activism to action. I, I think you have to take a view that actions speak louder than words. Gone are the days where you could have a sort of veneer of purpose or responsibility on, on top of a company. You now need to talk about what you're actually doing. That's what's most important. So I think that life has got a lot more complicated for CEOs and CMOs and chief communications officers because they actually really need to look fundamentally at what they're doing. And this sort of intersection of business and politics, whether it's employee activism, the types of customers you work with, whether it's you know customer access and how you treat your employees, all of these things are, are much more complicated and, and gone over days where you could sort of go back to Milton Friedman's profit motive and say, well, that's what we're going to focus on. So another aspect, I guess, we're seeing related to sort of the political context and its intersection with brands is the role of social media as a media channel. And this sort of dilemma that we've seen over the course of the year with certainly some advertisers having issues with various social media platforms. So how do we move beyond that in 2021? And, you know, who's got to do what, I suppose, to address these different dilemmas or, or problems that have arisen? I think from the perspective of our clients, they want their commercial messages to be seen in, in channels that are safe. I think they realize that advertising funds much, if not close to all of the revenue of these channels. And so they can't shirk their responsibility for what takes place. So it's a more fundamental question than did my ad appear next to a piece of content? It's do I want to fund a channel that promotes this type of content? And so I think many advertisers have asked themselves questions. And I think the social media platform, Facebook and Twitter, you know, have in general responded. I think even they would admit they haven't responded quickly enough and they've to some extent been forced to respond. They're always slightly behind the curve. But I think that the latest round of activism and the boycott did have an impact. And actually, Facebook executives themselves said that it did have an input. Have we gone far enough? Probably not to make all appetizers comfortable. Have we made good progress? probably have. I, mean, I don't envy the management of, of Facebook and Twitter trying to moderate their way through this. I mean, the, the recent Trump tweet shows the problems that they do have in moderating the content. One of my favourite topics at the moment is about the idea of creative context. And one of the things we identified in our trends and predictions was a move towards understanding the importance of context for advertising. We know that marketers are very keen to try new and innovative channels. And we know that they're also very keen to understand the effectiveness of channels. But there seems to be a move towards looking at where advertising is placed, which is fundamentally opposed, I guess, to programming automatically delivered or targeted media. So what's your view on that? It obviously encompasses privacy and other issues, but how important is context for you? I think context has clearly become a lot more important. I mean, in the old days, it was a 60-second television commercial or a four-page print ad, and the program in which it appeared or the publication in which the ad appeared was kind of, you know, in many cases, immaterial, maybe not for a car ad in a car magazine or a fashion ad in a fashion magazine, but certainly in a newspaper. So, so context has clearly become more important. Secondly, I think that the channels have taken on much more of their own personality. And so an ad in Facebook or an ad in Instagram or an ad in Twitter actually need to be creatively somewhat different because those channels play a somewhat different role in people's lives. They talk in a different way. They have a different tone of voice. So it's not just as straightforward as sort of putting the same message in. So I think that's why you see many of the influencers on these platforms working with brands to both to create the content. And that's, a, I think, a really interesting opportunity. You know, to my mind, the creative and the production processes emerging in, in many ways as well. 
So I, I think context is critical as it relates to programmatic. Well, you know, one of the challenges about programmatic is it just relies on optimization. Optimization generally is about relying on a click. And so you're, you're sort of chasing sales through programmatic media. Now, while sales is not a bad thing, if you have 10,000 impressions and only one of those 10,000 is clicked on, it doesn't mean the other 9,999 aren't valuable. And if you're only optimizing for the one and not the whole range of impressions, then you might be missing a trick. So I think it's a balance and clients have always had to understand, you know, where, you know, what the role is between brand building and driving sales. And I think as the internet has brought those points closer together, it's made it a little bit harder to do that. And I, and I have talked to clients, particularly in luxury and fashion industries, that are concerned about sort of over-reliance on programmatic and heavy sales advertising that's led to negative brand consequences. It's a tough issue to model and to disentangle, but I think it is critical for clients to sort of get that balance better aligned. All right. So another question I had actually, Mark, about creative is thinking about the technology involved in creative these days. So we talked about the media side of it, but you know, what about from a creative technology AI type standpoint? Where do you see the industry headed in the next year or so? I think we're some way off, I hope, a period of time where computers are fundamentally generating ideas. But I think we're at a place today where AI has a big role in the, let's say, the creative process, if only in helping to reduce the cost of producing work, bringing ideas to life much more cheaply, producing all of the thousands of formats that, that clients need for their work. I mean, the, the sort of non-working, working media balance has been a hard thing for clients to get right. We've been doing some very interesting work with Microsoft applying AI to the creative process. And we have a head of, sort of creative AI at WPP who looks at what the opportunities are. I think we're going to see sort of real, you know, renaissance in production and creative production in, as a result of investments there. And much more of a sort of hard work involved in that or production work involved that is going to diminish in importance. What other challenges and opportunities do you think the advertising, marketing and media world will face in 2021? Well, I think, you know, we've talked about e-commerce and we've talked about social media and clearly they're, they're going to be critical. I think that you know, one big challenge that we're going to face is the consequence sort of diminution in importance of traditional media and sort of traditional creative formats and desire by clients to build their own channels to the consumer as a way of compensating for that. And quite frankly, the difficulty they've got in doing that. You know, I think we've seen the, the trend in the pandemic we haven't talked about is the growth of subscription services, which are generally subscriber supported, not ad supported. Now, there are you know, trends the other way or launches the other way, you know, the launch of Peacock. Comcast is a good example of an advertiser-funded platform. And I think that there will be more advertiser-funded platforms. But I think that big advertisers that have relied on mass reach are just going to continue to find that increasingly difficult. And that's going to be a problem for them. And so they're going to be looking at ways of building, you know, their own channels to reach consumers. They're going to face growing media inflation in those traditional channels, which they're going to find frustrating. And then I'd say that the other topic we haven't talked a lot about is data and first party data and how clients can you know, use the insight to have about their own consumers in terms of where what they buy, where they buy it, what media they consume, when they consume media, how they shop, and use that to drive the optimization of the whole marketing ecosystem, including paid media, integrate the marketing ecosystem much more tightly than it ever has been in the past and how they use technology to connect 
the various parts of what they're doing together in a role where you know the simple the simplistic ways of doing it i.e the cookie are going away and i think that they're really figuring out the data story is going to be critical You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you. Thank you.